You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Mama's Talking Loud. I'm Kara Cooper. And I'm Jessica Rush. Today's guest is a Canadian actress most recently seen on Broadway as Carol King in Beautiful the Musical and on tour as Dina in the Tony Award-winning The Band's Visit. She has a slew of Canadian credits, including multiple seasons at the acclaimed Stratford Festival. She's a singer-songwriter and has a new musical, Call It Love, and she is now a co-artistic producer of the Eclipse Theatre in Toronto. Here's our truly uplifting conversation with Shalina Kennedy. It's real morning over here. It's 8 a.m. on the West Coast. I know we've got you like mid-morning over there, but I forgot welcome. you're on the West Coast. That's nuts. Yes, I'm having lots of coffee to start to, to, to make sure I'm articulate as can be. Uh, we but do very well. You. We do this a lot. She wakes up early a lot so we can record with East Coasters and she she manages just fine. You're good well, at this. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you for being here, Shalina. We're really, really excited to have you join us. Thank you for having me and happy one year anniversary. Oh, thank you. Today is the one year anniversary of Mama's Talking Loud. Holy moly. I mean, I don't think we ever could have envisioned A, what it turned into, into, but also how we've continued to do it during this time. Oh my God. I just got all verklempt when you said that. I was like, oh, (laughs) one year. It's a lot. It's a lot. But, um, and now we're adding Ms. Kennedy to the roster. Well, thank you for having me. (laughs) Yes. Shalita and I. I just have to say, before we get started, we've known each other a very long time. Very long time. I was Shalina's understudy on the first national of Mamma Mia in 2003. Is it three? Oh my gosh. And you were amazing. Well, well, thank you. You were as well. And you had short blonde curls. <laughs> um, and now you've got, <laughs> and now you've got luscious long brunette locks. But um, no, that was, so we've known each other now. For oh my minute. God, Shalina, that's almost 20 years. That's crazy. Know. Um, but you are here. And through that time, lots of life has happened. Will you start us off um, telling us about your son? My son is, uh, well, first of all, his name is Henry. Henry yes. Benjamin Kennedy James. And Ooh, um, That is a very good yes. name. Oh. <laughs> well, it's hilarious because his dad and I, uh, we, we had a really easy time deciding on a girl's name. But we fought tooth and nail about what a boy's name should be. And he wanted to go with Ebenezer. And I was like, he's like, you agreed to it. I was like, no, I did not. I agreed to Ben is what I agreed to. I did not agree to Ebenezer. But he always claims that I did. So we always have a a big laugh about that. And what would it have been like if he'd been named Ebenezer? So that's always fun around our house. Um, Yeah, he's Henry is six. He just turned six in September. And he's, I mean, everybody says this about their kid and I know I'm biased but I think he's pretty incredible he uh he's he's very uh generous and he learns quickly and he knows how to say I'm sorry and he's I find him very compassionate um and he loves music so you know he's I'm sort of um it's interesting because we'll and we'll talk about this later but we're bubbled with uh two other families and so we're homeschooling these three kids together so it's interesting to see them all learning from each other and you know where Henry doesn't excel is like he's not so great at like reading but he's really great at math and music so it's interesting to see how all the kids help each other out in terms of you know getting to they all set the bar kind of high which is really sweet um but he's a he's a great kid he's kind and he's um yeah, he loves other people. He loves animals, and he, he's a drummer, and he takes piano. When I was on tour with the band's visit, he was taking violin lessons and darbuka lessons and was obsessed with all the uh, the instruments, you know, in the show and all the musicians, and I'd take him out. Like, he would um, – we actually celebrated um, 
well, I'll, I'll start with, he used to, I used to wake him up at night and take him to hear live music. Like even if it went to midnight, people thought I was crazy, but I was like, what, what he's gaining from this is not going to last forever. And I know it's a couple late nights for us, but he is going to be transformed by this live music. I mean, this music from around the world. And he was just mesmerized. He just couldn't stop watching the drummer. He couldn't stop watching the violinist. And, you know, that's, I think, the part that I feel most excited about in terms of where his personality is going and his interests lie. So that's kind of fun. We have bands all the time at home and we play together and it's, it's good times. I love that. I love that. I love it. I love that you talked about his kindness, too, and his compassion. I feel like that's, you know, so much of what's going on in our world right now is because of a lack of compassion and empathy and kindness. And I feel like it's on us, the parents of the next generation to breed it as much as we can, you know, in kids moving forward. So I love that that's like the first thing that you said was that he's kind and compassionate and knows how to say I'm sorry. I mean, that is a big skill. Well, and it's a big skill for us too. And it's exactly what you said. It has to come from the parents first. And so my big lesson was going, well, when can I say I'm sorry? Because he learns through example, right? More than anything else. So I try to find as many opportunities as possible to say, okay, mommy made a mistake and I'm sorry. Um, Or I'm sorry to, you know, I apologize. We make sure that he sees us apologizing to each other as well when we make mistakes. Um, So that's important. And also, you know, I wanted to say another thing too is, um, you know, he has a godmother uh, here in Stratford, Ontario, who's Buddhist. Um, but, you know, when we were on tour as well, because we were surrounded by people from all over the world and all different religions, it was we celebrated Shabbat every week. And so he would also be up late, you know, doing he would light the candles and be part of the prayer. And so it's been fun to sort of see him explore different religions and kind of get to know other, you know, ways of thinking. It's just been really interesting for me to see it through his eyes. Absolutely. That's so beautiful. Oh, I, I mean, that. I... That's that's beautiful. I and it's so um I know that a lot of that comes with the fact of your circumstances where you were like being on tour with this group of people, but it also doesn't surprise me at all, Shalina. Like knowing you and knowing how you approach life and, you know, whether whether it's being Canadian to a certain degree, right? No, I'm just <laughs> joking, but like just being so nice and so um aware and also though you've always been someone who is you're a free spirit right like I've always known that about you like you love nature and you love being out and your energy is so free I mean I remember I remember you getting angry you know and making an an issue of the fact that we were throwing away tiny plastic cups of water every time do you know what I mean no I remember this though and this was before people were there was no Broadway Green Alliance people weren't really focused on recycling yet and you were already at that place of awareness and so I think it just all it doesn't surprise me at all that Henry is growing up this way and that you're bringing him to you're exposing him to all these different cultures and um and I just think it's beautiful that he's like a child of the world. It doesn't it doesn't surprise me at all. Oh, you're so it. sweet to say that. It, it's funny, though, you mentioning that because, you know, I, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I don't know that I was always the kindest when I was in my 20s or early 20s. Like, I, I, I feel like I sort of knew what I felt. I felt very strongly about what was right and wrong in my belief system. But I think having a child softened me in terms of how I approach that, you know, with other people or how I communicate with other people. Um, he's definitely made me a softer, kinder person, especially with how I communicate. Because I used to be pretty, I mean, I, I still am a very, very much a free spirit, but I've always been very outspoken and not always in the kindest way. So um, I think that that's, you know, he's helped me a lot, a lot with that. I love that. I, and I, I, as you say that, I can totally relate to that because I feel like more than ever, I'm more aware of how my words might affect somebody else. And maybe that does come from parenting um, because you are so conditioned to think about your child's emotional well-being, you know, um, that's so I've never thought about it that way. So thanks for the enlightenment. <laughs> well, and I'm always aware, too, of how he sees me out in the world, too. Right. It's like, well, how yeah. am I behaving right now? And what's my energy saying? So, yeah. you know, all we I can just, do is keep trying. Right. Exactly. I love, though, that the very first word you used to describe him was generous. That's just I actually it I got him. I'm very emotional these days. I mean, but I teared up a little when you said that because, you know, I think so many of us as parents don't look at those qualities first. You know, a lot of times like, oh, it's really smart or outgoing or, you know, I, I don't know, creative and this and that. And to the to think that generous was the first word that you used to describe your son just says so much about him and his spirit. And that's really lovely. Oh, um, thank you. It makes me very yeah. proud. <laughs> 
Yeah, you should be. I want to, um, before we start to talk about just sort of life now, I want to ask you because very interesting situation. So Henry turned six in September and Elliot turned six at the end of August. So we were pregnant at the same time. Oh and we have never spoken about this, but I was doing Gypsy at Chicago Shakes with Gary Griffith. And when you had to announce that you were pregnant because you had to leave Stratford, right? Was it Stratford that you were supposed to do that summer? And I remember I hadn't told anyone I was pregnant yet when I was doing that show. We were in tech. And so I was maybe like, I think I was about seven or eight weeks along very early. So that means you were even earlier. And I remember when you had to announce it and Gary talking about it, he's like, did you see Shalina's pregnant? She has to, she can't do Stratford. And I remember thinking, oh my God, she can't be like, she's even earlier than I am. And she's having to announce this. And there is, you know, we've spoken a lot about wanting to take away the stigma of not speaking about your pregnancy until the first trimester is over. And, you know, in the event that something goes wrong or people tend to not be very public with it um, in, in case of miscarriage or something happens. And I remember thinking you had to put that out there publicly because of a job, which, you know, and you had to make that decision what was that like for you? Would you speak to that for it? Because I just remember mm. thinking I didn't even tell them at Gypsy until we ended the run. I was 16 weeks and that's when I told them because I didn't know how they would react or, or anything. But um, the fact that you had to go public with it so early in your pregnancy. Was- yeah, well, it, it actually made me a little bit uncomfortable. And, um, and I, I didn't feel ready to tell everybody at that point. But I think because you know, I, I have such a great and long relationship with Stratford and because the season is so long and it was particularly because I was, I mean, I was supposed to play Polly and I was also supposed supposed to play, um, Aldonza and Man of La Mancha. And that was the one that we were all worried about because of the big rape scene and, you know, how, you know, how physical it is. I mean, the other one was too, but, um, in different ways, in different ways. Right. Um, and you know, because I was definitely going to be very, very pregnant during that season and unable to at least do the latter portion of the season, we really had to figure out a strategy. Um, so yeah, the whole thing, I mean, honestly, even I didn't think I could get pregnant. Actually getting pregnant was, was hilarious because, uh, I, I had to be on this medication to help me ovulate because I wasn't able to do it on my own. And so I had sort of taken this pill thinking, oh, we'll just try it out and see if it works. Um, not knowing that it keeps working month after month after month for about, you know, I think between like three and six months, it keeps going. Like it keeps, you know, oh, um, keeps your system sort of at high alert. Right. So, uh, I was like, well, there's clearly no way I can get pregnant. It worked the first time. Great. I ovulated. Now we can sort of use it when I need it down the line. And boom, I was already pregnant and I had no idea. So at the time I was playing the Little Mermaid in Toronto. I was on roller skates. I was tap dancing in preparation to play Polly at Stratford that season. And I was falling all the time. I was like, I was in the best shape of my life. I had an eight pack. I was like, boom, you know, this is going to be great. I can't wait to do this show. And, um, and then I was like, you know, I remember calling my doctor and saying, you know, I really, I just feel funny, you know, and I looked it up online and all the, you know, the website said, you know, you could pregnancy be a possibility? And I was like, no. And even the receptionist was like, you're not pregnant, but do a test if it makes you feel better and call us back. And so I did a test and it was like three plus pregnant, like I'd been pregnant for a minute. And I was like, I'm pregnant. So then, you know, we sort of had to scramble and figure out what to do for the following season. And, and honestly, losing that season at Stratford was, um, was, was pretty brutal for me, you know, because I ended up, um, coming to New York with, you know, next to nothing. I could barely afford an apartment. Um, I had to live on my visa, you know, until my first couple of paychecks came through. So it was pretty dicey. I mean, Um, I can imagine the Stratford festival runs for like seven months or something, right? Isn't it very long? Even longer for some, for the musical, sometimes it runs 10 months. So really people's bread and butter, like people use it kind of the way, you know, teachers teach all year and then take the summer off. It's kind of like that here. We take the winter off and then you do the season and it's like people do it for 20 years, 25 years. I want to do that. Um, I know that's kind of lovely actually. (laughs) It's fantastic. People buy homes. Like they've got like, there's other kids around. You just, you know, in the middle of winter, you take your bottle of wine and you toddle over to the neighbor's house and you have a party. Like it's a great kid. That's that theater commune we were just talking about, which we need to get back to. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty great. Yeah. (laughs) I like that. 
Yeah. Um, but it was, it was difficult for you to go public with that decision. It was, it was very difficult. Yeah. And I think, well, and I think as you've, you've talked a lot about in your other, um, in your other podcasts, but, um, being a mom, a working mom in the business is, is tough at the best of times without having to announce early or, you know, having to even just be public about it. The fact that, you know, I think some newspaper got a hold of a picture of my newborn son before I was even ready to show anybody, you know, and, and posted it. And like, you know, all the ways that our privacy is so continuously kind of invaded is, is tough, you know, but um, it's also part of what we sign up for. So it's always, it's for me, it's always hard to kind of know where the balance is. Yeah, definitely. And mm-hmm. parenthood brings a new level to that for sure. Well, and because you've got this other little being who's not yeah. signed up to be on Instagram or not signed up to be on Twitter. <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> you know, I remember getting very, very protective of him at the beginning. I was like, no pictures of my kid anytime, anywhere. And then I was like, okay, well, I can probably soften a little bit with that. Yeah. Um, so so you, you guys are in Stratford right now, I believe? We yes, we are. When the shutdown happened, when everything, when the pandemic hit, how did this work for you? Were you in the U.S. at that time? Did you have, because quarantining is so um, strict and the travel restrictions are so um, strict, especially between the U.S. and Canada. And I, mm-hmm. how did that all shake down for you? Well, we were very lucky. So um, it was actually, you know, I had my apartment in New York with Henry and um, his dad happened to be in New York at the time. And uh, and because, you know, his dad and I co-parent very well together, we've remained close, you know, throughout his whole life, which is excellent. We've known each other for like 25 years. We went to high school together uh, and we have a very good relationship. Um, and Jen uh, was also in New York at the time. So we all kind of came together and we're like, what do we do? And we have, I have a wonderful friend named Alan Detsky, who's a Broadway producer. And he's also, he happens to be the head of Mount Sinai Hospital here in Toronto. And he was like, get out. <laughs> I was like, whoa, doesn't that seem a little intense? But he is like, a, I don't know. He's like a savant. He He's like, I'm not as worried about the pandemic. I'm worried about social or civil unrest. And I was like, that seems... But, you know, so we debated it and we said, okay, probably the best thing to do is to try to get out. And they're like, they're shutting the border. Go, go, go. So we made it literally hours before they shut the border. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. Jacob went ahead of time and then uh, Henry and Jen and I followed the following day. So Jacob picked us up at the border. We made it through, you know, and then we ended up in this Airbnb in Kingston because it was uh, four blocks away from Jacob and his mother. So he was with his mom and we were all trying to just sort of stay as close as possible. So we stayed there for um, a few months and we had the most wonderful Airbnb host who, I mean, it was tough because, I mean, I was paying for a full place, you know, everything in New York, which is a small fortune every month, as we all know. Right. And then so was Jan. She's playing for her apartment. And then we were paying for this Airbnb. And I was also paying a full mortgage in Stratford because my tenants left oh. in Stratford. And I was like, and then we're renting oh a car. And I'm like, how does it, this is like a year's worth of income in like a month. Like I can't, nobody can continue like this. So, you know, the Airbnb person was fantastic and they were like, they gave us a couple months free, just rent free, just to be sweet because we're like, they're like, we're all struggling right now. So this is our gift to you. And I'm like, bawled my eyes out Like the generosity of people in this time. It's just so beautiful. And um, yeah. And then after three months, we just decided to come back to Stratford because it was more affordable. And I found Jacob a place, which was about a five minute walk in the other direction. And then we brought my parents in as well. So we're all kind of like in this little commune. And then when we decided to have school, I mean, whether we were going to have school or not was a big decision as well. Um, this is, you know, a bit of a separate conversation, but we decided to bubble with two other families who have also only children who are exactly Henry's age and who are also in French immersion. So it's perfect because we, you know, we each take a different day of school and they do their online school, but they do it together and we teach them dance and we teach them music and we teach them French. And it's, it's just, Oh, I love that. It's it's not ideal. Obviously I would not wish this pandemic on anybody, but I think we've sort of tried to make, to make the the best of a, a pretty rotten situation. Yeah, I mean it's and and to have I having an only child as well. You know, we don't we have some friends here that she meets in the afternoon sometimes, but the gift of having those two other kids who can do school with her like or with Henry, sorry. I was yeah. thinking about Elliot, but to do school with Henry is so lovely. I mean, to have the social interaction on the daily and to have it feel more structured, you know, we do our best to feel, to make it feel like school, you know, in the morning and, and, and we're trying to give her that, but, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, Shalina, that just must be 
wonderful to have that and to share the load. Yeah. Well, it it's responsibility. a lot. It is a lot. Well, as you know, right, it's, it's, it's a ton of work. And I mean, I've seen yeah. pictures of you, um, Jessica, like homeschooling. I mean, you know, doing the online stuff and it's, yeah. it's something else. But it's sweet because like my parents brought, you know, my old blackboard from, you know, my old room, like at their house. So I'm using that with the kids. And then there's like a little school bell and I go, I'm like, recess is over. And they run in and, you know, and, and we've all got our places. It's nice because Jacob's got his own place so he takes a day and we take a day and you know um the other two families take days and and it's just nice and it's also you know we're also like we were talking about before we started recording we're all trying to support our side hustles too right so like a friend of mine um jay he's trying to teach dance to kids to make up you know the Mm -hmm. extra income and so we hire him every Friday to teach the kids dance class outside, which is brilliant because, you know, it just helps everybody. We just all have to support each other right now. And it's so great even having those other adults that you pod with too that your son has to learn from because I think that's something that I found during this time when we were, you know, just our family in our home. After a certain amount of time, you being the only adult influence for your kids gets a little difficult, you know, and they need to be able to learn how to learn from other adults and also interact with other people that aren't their direct family, exactly. you know, so it's so great that they have that. Although I'm sure as time has gone on, they've got, you know, it's, it, you have become a family, right? With these yeah. people, I'm sure. Well, it's tricky too to to remind them that that there's school time and then there's regular play time. So it's right. like, well, now we're in school, so we're not allowed in each other's bedrooms and we're not allowed to be crazy. But then after school, as soon as school's done, go for it, you know. But they have to know we have to be precise about the you know kind of like the boundaries. Yeah. Um, but they love it. I mean, they really do. And I think what struck me, you know, I saw somebody post about it the other day, like you know, we're so quick to complain as adults, but our, our kids have been through this and then some because they don't even have their own peers and they don't complain at all. And so it kind of reminded me about this, you know, their sweet way of being able to adapt and their positive outlook and how for a long time I was only thinking about myself and the adults in the pod, you know, and who are we bubbling with and what are we doing? And then suddenly I realized, oh gosh, like Henry doesn't have anybody in the bubble. Like I actually wasn't, doing him any the um I wasn't doing his needs justice I guess I wasn't thinking enough about what he needed socially so yeah he needs they need more adults but they also need kids their own age so I've been finding that this bubble is particularly helpful that's amazing I mean for yourself too to have other adults interact with but also to have time to yourself you know like that Henry like Jacob takes a day or whatever and takes them. And so you can like get your stuff done, do whatever. Well, and this is a perfect moment because you have no, no, no. Because we were just on the subject of school and I was going to ask you, I'm not going to put you on the spot. Well, I am going to put you on the spot. Hi, ladies. Hi. Jen, welcome to Mama's Talking Loud. I'm so thrilled. I never thought in my whole life that I'd be here. That's the question we're going to ask you about. It's an honor. (laughs) Well, in terms of school, Jen has an amazing little song that she's taught the kids that she starts every day with, and it's called Appreciation Station. Will Will you you get my whistle? Oh, yes, of course. Appreciation. There's a whistle. I came up with this idea. So as a caregiver and not a parent, it's been interesting to join this group, right? So I'm the only caregiver and not a parent. And I thought, like, what do I believe in? What can I help? Like, what's the main thing that I can impart upon these kids? And so I came up with this idea that we'd have like a little ethics class prior to um, each day getting started. So the kids will hear this sound. And they jump up out of their seats. I'm like, it's time. And they jump up and get in line. And we go, chugga, 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 chugga. And we go all around the house. And they're giggling. And they're chugga, 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 And she's like, line up. Like, you behind you, behind you. I'm like, Henry behind Vivian. Vivian behind Gordon. Let's go. We're chugga, 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 chugga. And then sit down, crisscross applesauce. And we put our hands together. And we sing this song. Appreciation station, appreciation station, appreciation station. It's gratitude all the way. <laughs> and they'll, then they'll sing it with me. And each week we switch. I'll be like, it's kindness all the way. 
or it's forgiveness all the way. And then we talk about what those things mean to the kids and how it feels to them when they are being kind or full of gratitude and how we can incorporate it in the school day. And they'll get stickers uh, mm-hmm. if they do. And then I'm like, on your feet to your seat. I don't know where that came from, but they <laughs> respond to it. And as they jump and come back to their seats, they sing it again of their own volition. It's They're like, really appreciation station. <laughs> oh my God. Amazing. I love oh. that. I love it. Didn't think you were getting a performance today, did you? We, I mean, I, I may be stealing it, just so you know. This family loves it. We sing for everything. We have songs that we sing if you take a bite of your dinner. I mean, so Ooh, yeah, we, when we brush our teeth. So this is, this. I'm stealing it. And it's similar. I want my, I, I'm, it's, it's taken already, just so you know, in the back of my head. Um, <laughs> my, it's like my daughter's school does, they do a theme every day. The principal comes on and says the theme for today is kindness or mm. responsibility. Very similar to that. Um, but I, I assure you, he does not sing it. So maybe I need to introduce. I will give you full credit. <laughs> what I'm learning is if you get them engaged in a fun way um, and the vibration, singing, that kind of thing, them touching each other, moving with the vibration, then they're already in tune. They're ready and yep. open as receptacles more so than you're like, here's the lesson. You know what I mean? That's what I'm That's what I'm figuring out about. Totally. What the, I mean, it you can make play part of the thing then they're Absolutely. much more apt to, to join in. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Eric Absolutely. has actually taken over homeschooling in our house. Like, oh, because really? I, yes, he has taken it on because I was between starting the side hustle with the bracelets, Ivy and Clark and doing the podcast. And because I'm on the West coast, having to wake up in the morning and be like right in it with the East coasters, I was drowning. <laughs> And he was like, let me do homeschool. He's like, I don't have anything else going on. So he's taken on, but he has a song he made up on the ukulele. And he starts every day with that. And and it starts the day. And then he reads a he finds a poem to read every day, a different poem. And but I do also love bringing in the topics of kindness and gratitude and empathy. And I think that's something that we get so focused on learning the skills and the lessons, right, of reading, writing, arithmetic, you know, mm-hmm. but um, that we don't really focus on the parts uh, all the time. I think we do to a certain degree during our daily lives, but to actually bring a, a moment of focus to the other um, aspects of life and the human spirit that make us a more well-rounded individual. Mm-hmm. That's really beautiful. I love that. Yeah. Appreciation station. I want to hear the ukulele song now. I, know, I do too. I, know. I don't play the uke, but you know. I got to go wake him up. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. But it's interesting what you said before about, you know, um, because each of us is taking a day, then it does give the other families all of this time to be able to do self-tapes, to be able to do the side hustle, to be able to, I don't know, work on whatever we need, or even just get caught up on housework, right? Um, it's really, really helpful. It's helpful. It's really, yeah. really awesome. Um, we have them twice this week, which is exciting. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> like once a month, each family gets the kid, yeah. you know, for tw- two times in the week. So yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is our week. She was like, oh, I've got a rehearsal tomorrow at 10, so you'll have them. I was like, what do you mean? great well then i've been teaching him boxing combinations so she could come it's home hilarious to- i like i look over i'm like what is she teaching them and they love it he's just, just like right hook left hook <laughs> yeah, yeah, i want, so that, I want like- ethics and i want i want to go to your school you guys yeah, like i know i mean also the phys ed teacher she does like soccer shocking news of course, of course you are <laughs> Oh yeah, inexplicably, I'm yeah. also the math teacher, I'm like, and I'm healing something within my own inner child <laughs> because that was not my forte. Well, it's so interesting that you said that. So many parents are healing their wounds of education right now. We've talked sure. to a couple people who are like, "I have to become a teacher of a subject that I struggled with That's when right. I was a kid," and that is a big deal for adults to revisit that. That's exactly That's right. It's huge. healing. Me. It really is healing me mm-hmm. and finding another way to be gentle with, with them and gentle with myself. And then watching them get it is like me getting it and having another chance to get it all over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Really oh, also, I love that. Don't you find too that like our methods of teach? I mean, I find, I mean, we were talking about this earlier, but like the, 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 I've become so gentle, like compared to when I was, especially when I was younger, 
I had a lot of teachers who were, you know, and I was raised in the military, right? So things were very, very strict, very conservative, which probably explains why I'm such a free spirit. But, um, <laughs> but you know, also like I remember ballet class and and teachers like, you know, um, using their nails up the back of my leg and leaving marks. And, you know, the way that we were taught in school was very, very strict. And so I have the chance to now undo that damage too. And to teach these kids in a much gentler, much kinder. I mean, still, obviously we're still strict and we still have rules and boundaries, but it's different. You don't mm-hmm. have to be unkind. You don't have to be, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. borderline abusive. It's, it's <laughs> interesting for me, not as a parent, because I, I don't have to have the kids like me as much. I don't have guilt about, oh, well, I didn't have them as much this week, so I need to be a little extra kind or any of that. I don't come with any baggage. <laughs> so if any kid brings me attitude, I'll be like, oh, you can't speak to me that way. I've actually heard you speak to other adults like that. And I won't accept it. And it's they're like, for real, it's great. Oh. And then I'm like, hey, look at this. And then I immediately, you know what I mean? Like switch to something else. But it's interesting. Like, and I don't, I don't say it mean. I say it matter of fact. I say it with respect for the child. Like, here's how I need to be spoken to. I've noticed that you don't do this all the time, but that doesn't work here. And they respond. They love it. They will not, they will not cross that boundary with me again. And it's different with parents because there's this other thing going well, on mm-hmm. and they know they can manipulate the parent and they Absolutely. can I mean. oh yeah yeah is that boundary super clear for you jen as you called yourself caregiver not parent but obviously you're all living together like where does that boundary end and is it clear for the both of you is it something that you've discussed or is it just innately kind of happening no it just innately kind of happens it's i i and i am knowing for quite some time now that i wasn't going to be a parent myself this has been a role that i have kind of found myself in and i love it because i love kids and kids respond to me and so i'm able to bring a new energy into families um, that feels uh, valuable, that feels really, really useful. And I'm grateful because I'm learning from the kids. The kids are learning from me. We never spoke about it. Henry and I are friends. We def- we refer to one another as friends. Um, I'm not like a s- creepy aunt or like a second mommy. You know what I mean? It's not that at all. We're friends and we have respect for one another as friends. I'm older. And so there are moments when he's like, why are adults always telling me to do stuff? And I'm like, I, that's a drag. That is a, t- adults are constantly saying don't do stuff. But I, I need you to trust me that it's usually because we want to keep you safe. And it's usually about safety, buddy. Um, but we talk about it all the time. And and he and I being friends is a different boundary. But um, it's very clear for me and easy for me to uphold. It's very sweet. She's real good at it. I got to tell you. She's I love it. an excellent caregiver. And Henry loves her. Like, he's absolutely in love with her. Yeah, we're, oh. we're good friends. We have a deep, deep respect for one another. And we, we are effusive about it. I'm like, Henry, you're a good friend to me, and here's why. I appreciate your generosity. Oh. You're always nice to me. You share. And he's like, you mean a lot to me, too. Like, he'll immediately love it. Like, he's like, yeah, you're, you mean a lot to me. And also, Stella, like, I'd do anything for you, the dog. Oh, yeah, my Jen has puppy. a puppy. And he's been so gentle, and he's, like, teaching her to not only trust kids but to love kids. It's, mm. it's astounding. I fall more in love with that kid every day. I feel like we're sort of like the gentle commune over here. It feels like totally. it feels really sweet. I, I want to come live in your commune. Come Seriously. On. It's yeah. sweet. It's and I mean, it, it's such a departure from, I think, so many people um, who are kind of functioning with a blended family or separation, especially during this time mm-hmm. of quarantine. I mean, I know a lot of people in the town where I live, you know, having to travel the kids back and forth to from one house to another and having both parents maybe not agree on the level of safety that protocols that need to be followed Mm -hmm. has been really, really trying for people. And just to see some uh, family that's making it work in such a beautiful and positive way is super inspiring. And I know not possible for everybody. Look, I'm not assuming that that is a possibility, but it's um, a great departure from a lot of what I've heard. So, Well, and it's not always easy too. like, I know like some of the things you just mentioned, you know, in terms of agreeing on safety, like sometimes, you know, uh, Henry's dad and I will not agree on things, but the main thing is not to give up, right? To just keep trying to, we've always agreed that, um, especially with, you know, when it comes to his feelings on things that if, if, anyone feels really, really strongly about something, and especially when it's got to do with safety, that the other parent or the other caregivers will um, kind of acquiesce to that person who feels strongly about it. So, you so know, we can keep each other safe as well. And feeling respected, you know, because I, 
there's just going to be some things. I mean, we're not, we're never going to agree on everything. And so we just have to try our best to hear each other, especially when we feel it's important. And then we also have to know when it's not a big deal and we can just let it go. Like, oh, well, that's something I would prefer, but it's not a safety issue. It's not life and death. So yeah. Look, you know, and there are times when I'm thrown into the middle of her and Jacob's or I can help. And then there are times I'm like, I'm out. Um, that's, <laughs> you guys got this. That's, that's on y'all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, thanks. But I mean, you've now been a part of Henry's life for a while, right? I mean, you guys. Since he was two. Two, yeah. Since Four he years. was two. Yeah. What? I thought it was only like two years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah he, wow. yeah, he probably won't remember a time before me, which feels amazing. That's so isn't that nuts? That's nuts. That's a that's nuts, and it's yeah. beautiful and amazing. And I, it's um, like you said when you joined, when we said welcome to Mama's Talking Loud, and you're like, not a place I ever thought I would be. <laughs> oh my God. But here uh, you are taking helicopters to JFK. Now I'm right in appreciation station for. <laughs> I have no idea what's happened to my life, but I'm into it. I'm down. It's I well, can't believe the benefits. I just didn't think that this is something I'd want to do. My birthday was September 22nd. And that was our first day of having the kids in the house. And I got to be honest, I, a year or two ago, I would have been like, absolutely not. We have to switch that day. There's no way I'm devoting my birthday to having kids run around the house. And then this year I was like, absolutely. What a better way to be of service, to like focus on other people. Like being around these kids has changed uh, everything about me. And I just didn't think that was a possibility. That's awesome. Sorry. I'm a little speechless with I that. Jen. I mean, because Kara and I both have known you for a very long time. Yeah. I mean, I met Jen when she was in grad school with my ex, when I was on the tour that I was on with Shalina. Oh, oh you might right. not. Oh my gosh. I, I forgot you. about That's that. Crazy. Layers of the Bananas. onion. It's it, yeah. Dude, yeah. That was yeah. 20 years oh, ago. My. No, I can't. Okay. It's insane. It's insane. But it was. Yeah. And Karen, but so it, we made our Broadway debuts together. Oh, that's exactly right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, early yeah. Molly. Wow. So to see the growth, like I think within both of you guys and to see the life journey and how it's, you know, different paths and the, and what you've been through separately and then coming together. And I think to have this sort of, um, you know, it very much, this time is life altering for a lot of people, right? It's just making us take stock of, our surroundings and our priorities and what matters most to us in this world. And, um, and I think that for you to have this, all these months of togetherness and as a family unit and you're making it work, hats off to you guys, because it's not easy for anyone, No, you know, much less like you're navigating this blended family situation. It's one thing when you're in the city and like Jen, you have your apartment and Shalina and Henry over here and Jacob is like in and out when he's doing whatever, Mm -hmm. but like, for you guys to have all come together and, and, and at the end of the day, truly it's because of Henry, you know, you want to bring the stability and the love and the nurturing and the support to Henry. Well, that's you exactly know. right. And your ego like has to go out the door, any kind of like, mm, or jealousy or something that I feel. Um, and I don't always succeed at this to be honest, but um, most of the time I do because there's a child who feels every vibration that you put out into this house. So we have to be super, super mindful. And what a lovely gift he is then for me to have to check my own ego in honor of him feeling safe and loved is like, I could cry. That's, I just didn't know that, that, that was going to be a gift in all of this. But I have to say too, that the, you know, the pandemic has been a huge gift because we have been forced to re-envision the world in so many ways, right? And, and, and you know, I can see it through being a mom because I wanna, I wanna create the world that I'm gonna want my child to live in. But, you know, more importantly, it's, it's about the greater we, you know, and, mm-hmm. and trying to, trying to um, yeah, trying to build the home that we all want. And so as tough as it's been, I also feel like how lucky am I to live in this time when great change is happening? You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's both. It's but deeply the, yeah. sad and deeply. It's a deep the other day he was eating and he was like, was this meat? Is this organic? Was this, was this um, animal treated well? 
before he started eating. Oh my God. And we this both is like everything. I mean, it. you know, Jessica, this is all I've ever wanted. I'm like, thank God. We were both trying to answer him, but like, yes, buddy, absolutely. We only have organic and he was humanely raised. But like, we're so <laughs> Yeah. And also like we're making the, you know, we're making the journey to the more, you know, of a vegan lifestyle. So to try to explain to him what that is. And my parents are also on board with that. So it's interesting for him to hear my mom, you know, talking about that or my father who is, Again, you know, a very conservative military background, a lot, you know, a lot of sort of right wing in that world. But, you know, he was the leader of the Green Party for a long time or one of he worked on the Green Party in Brockville. And so my father, you know, being from the military, he's a painter, he's a poet. But to hear him talk about, you know, the ethical oh. treatment of animals and being a vegetarian and all of these things that it's just phenomenal. Like just to see him teach that to Henry is also interesting. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, and you, you I want to I want to shift just a little bit because I do want to talk about the fact that you are the co-artistic producer of a theater company, Shalina, right? Eclipse. I am. Yes. Yes. And so because you just spoke about the future and the greater good and the and the whole of humanity and and this time and I do think Karen I've spoken about this that I do feel like this time uh is a hard reset that was very much needed, right? Like as as difficult as it is and with the loss that is happening. Um, I, I think Mother Nature and the universe said enough, <laughs> you know, like you got to listen. So we're going to mm -hmm. we're going to make you listen That's right. as someone who is tasked with bringing art to the masses and with a theater company and the kind of responsibility that comes with that. Where where do you see the future of theater and what are you what are you as a company doing sort of moving towards what comes next, you know, and then Jen, you can chime in with your own thing too, because we know as an actor, that's something too, but Shalina wearing both hats, mm -hmm. how do you, where do you see, um, where do you see y'all going? Well, that's a great question. I mean, I, I, it's been a real period of transition for us. So our, uh, we have a new artistic director, for instance, Andrew Seahawk, who's incredible. And I've known him for, I know I've known of him for years. Um, but have never really had a chance to work with him until just recently. And then only now realize, you know, how brilliant he is. And then of course it was immediate that I'm like, of course you should come on board. Um, but you know, theater is, has never died. We've been through pandemics before we've been through wars and we may take a pause, but it always comes back. So I feel like this is just a moment to reset. And so with that, I mean, I'm, I don't have fear that, you know, we're going to have to sort of fold or give up. I feel like in a way this is us breathing in and sitting with our goals and with our mandate and trying to figure out, you know, which stories need to be told, which stories we want to be creating and developing and which voices we want to be, um, you know, lending our support to. There's so many things to be thinking about right now. And so we're really leaning heavily on our associate artists and on our, uh, advisors and on our board. We've got a, a bunch of turnover right now. We've got some really wonderful new voices who have joined us. And I think that's all we can do is take baby steps. And like, I think knee-jerk reactions in this time is, is mistaken. And I feel that for our company as well. The more time we can sit with things and think about things and then really make solid decisions that are based in um, openness and compassion and inclusivity is the only way forward right now. Um, and I think we're just taking our time, like money's tight, <laughs> you know, so we're a not-for-profit. And so yeah, I think also we like, we're just trying to focus on what we can do is also the other part of it is like, well, if we have to slow down for a little bit, that's also okay. All of it is okay. Mm -hmm. It's like a yes and. How do we move forward and how do we move forward in a way that is sustainable uh, and that can keep us alive until we're back at it in a real way? And the education program is actually oh, yeah. booming right now. Um, yeah, we've got and Jen's teaching for us as well. And uh, I've started teaching some classes, so that's fun. And mm -hmm. we're... Um, are y'all teaching in person or are they virtual? I mean, you are in Canada, so virtual. the rules are different. But. Well, they're pretty strict here, so we're still teaching everything oh. virtually. And which uh, would explain why your numbers are much lower than. <laughs> <laughs> it's been I mean, I mean, they remain strict even though we haven't had very many new cases at all in months. But people still, you know, uh, it's still masks. Um, it, anytime you go into a grocery store, inside, anywhere, and they're mm -hmm. just being super, super mindful, which is how it's keeping. Uh, keeping the yeah. numbers low, but it's also yeah. Been, yeah, it's been fun too in a way because I, I've written an, uh, a musical called Call It Love that we've been developing, and Jen is starring in it. She's incredible, and so we've had this chance to uh, to continue working on it. It's nice to have the time, and also my theater company is you know it was developed by my theater company, 
And so it's been fun to just have the time to be able to kind of plot along and do a reading and see how we're feeling. And, you know, the director like star on like a one woman show. She's got several (laughs) auditions. Does all the lesson plans for the kids. It's it's unbelievable. But you know, about for those, I mean, we all, we're all like this, right? We're all a little bit, I'm a <laughs> type, right? But we love to work. So, you know, it's fun to be able to then be able to, sort of, I mean, I always love a challenge too, right? And go, okay, how do we make this work in this time? And I feel that way with my theater company. I feel that way with my own career. It's just like, okay, how do we figure it out? You do a really, really good job of Thank keeping you. all the balls in the air. She's very sweet. That's Thank true. You. Well, we, we should all have a cheerleader next to us telling know, all right? the things we do when we don't speak about our own ourselves. Right. It's, but it's true. I think right now. So I try to remind myself and my husband that, you know, we don't, everyone's in the same boat. We're all in the same boat. And sometimes it can feel as though some are maybe, you know, a little farther along in their boat on the lake because they're having more self tapes or they're doing some readings virtually or things like that. But I think it's important right now to not feel the need to keep up with the Joneses and like Mm -hmm. keep up with the rat race and just breathe for a second Mm -hmm. because the time will come God willing when everything, when we are back to a certain uh, this place in our industry, for instance, when that nonstop eight shows a week, get it, audition after audition hustle is is part of our world again and then we'll be saying oh what I wouldn't give to have more than one day off or you know what I mean to have this time so I think that all of us I know Kara and I've spoken about this as well we're trying to just appreciate this time with our children and with our partners and just sort of allow ourselves some space to breathe and so I think that taking that across the board with the theater company and um with the lesson plans and with the self tapes and all the things and just life in general, we are given this opportunity. If there is a silver lining to slow the fat. <laughs> yes. Exactly. You know? Yes. And, oh. and remembering that we're all in the same boat, I think is important. Like, I think you just said that, right. We were, it's the greatest equalizer. Like mm-hmm. we are all in the same boat. Our industry is, has been flattened and we're all in it together. And so the more we can pull each other up and try to create work for each other and, and just mm-hmm. create things that, I mean, it's, it's uh, for the first time in my career in a long time, it's not about money. It's about like, Hey, I want to have something that's going to feed my soul that I can work on that excites me, you know? And then mm-hmm. it's like, well, if, if money energy comes my way, great. And if it doesn't, well, I'm just doing it because it's fun. <laughs> Well, and we always talk about Broadway and the theater community, right? It's a family and it's a community. And and I think now in this time, it's evident more than ever that everyone is banding together. You know, side hustles are being created. People are supporting those and spreading the word. And, you know, when I launched Ivy and Clark, people emailed and were like, what can I do to help? Like, how can I spread the word? You know what I mean? I think people are recognizing, particularly those who are like the Tony nominees, the Tony winners, like people... <clears throat> <laughs> you know, I, I cleared my throat for Miss Colello, but like people are, <laughs> people are trying to utilize what they do have, the kind of um, strength in our business and placement that they do have to help those of us who perhaps were, you know, making a solid life, you know, but, but still uh, don't have the exposure so that in this time, we're not the ones who are holding, you know, massive virtual concerts or doing the things that, that are, uh, that are coming so easily to others. And so I think the, that watching everyone lift each other up has been really beautiful and just reaffirms how much I love what we do. You know, we, I love our family. I love our community. And, um, and I'm so thankful for it right now. Do you guys know Peter Lawrence, the stage manager? Oh yeah. Yeah. He has always said his like favorite thing to say is, if you are, it is a theater is a community. And if you are good to your theater family, your theater family is going to be good to you. That's right. And, and I like, so I remember him saying it when my husband, it wasn't my husband at the time was doing gypsy next door from urban cowboy when we were dating. Mm -hmm. And I remember him saying it then when urban cowboy was closing, he's like, don't worry, you're good to the theater. The theater is going to be good to you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. And, but it's, you know, there's no theater right now. And the theater community is still showing up in that way. So yeah, it's been really yeah. sweet. We come from away. Yeah. Um, we meet uh, once a week, sometimes twice a week. Like the original girls meet once a week on a Zoom, and uh, then there's company meeting. And it has been for the past seven months. I mean, since it shut down without fail. Wow, I've never wow. seen anything like this. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I like it's like twice a week, and she's out there with a martini, like in the hammock, <laughs> like full on party. It's the sweetest thing. I've never seen martini in a hammock is. <laughs> 
fantastic. Yeah. yeah. That's that's impressive. Every week that's really impressive. Like Tina, we've we've zoomed a few times, more in the beginning. And like we had them with our like GM and producer and everyone. Now it's like once every month, yeah. maybe. Mm-hmm. But man, without fail, seven months in, but that's come from away. You know what I mean? Like I've heard, I mean, you know, the Canadian spirit, A, right? right. And so like but also I've heard from so many people who are mothers in that mm-hmm. show, how accommodating they are and how much they strive to help their actors mm-hmm. um, to be, to lead fulfilling lives in all areas, you know, and they allow people to take the time to do other projects or things like that. So I'm not at all surprised that they're continuing to lend their support just to your mental state. Well, and it's us, with this it's all us that's done it. And we, um, we actually just took a poll. We realized that we were missing some moms in the weekly thing. So we just took a poll for the moms in the group to see what was a better time. And we switched it uh, cool. for the moms. Cool. Just sidebar, Jessica, I love that you said Canadian spirit, A, eh? But I thought you said Canadian spirit, eh? <laughs> I was like, Canadian spirit, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. I'm talking to Shalina Kennedy. Yeah. What a fantastic conversation. I just feel like we just got to like hang out for a while. I know. You know? for including like, me. I feel so deeply honored by it. I really, really do. I've been so embraced by the parents this time. And I, if as somebody who does not have a child, like I, again, could cry. Like, thank you for sharing Henry of with me. Of course. And thank you for including me because I want to be a part of these kids' lives. And she's really oh, a good one. She's a good egg, yeah. folks. She's a really good teacher really and a really it. good role model. And I think we need those more than ever. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's beautiful, you guys. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it all. Oh, Thanks for And you gave us just... appreciation station. <laughs> and I don't know if you heard this, but it's their year anniversary. Us. What do you say? The mama's talking about our podcast today. Congratulations. Yeah. It's awesome. Oh, I'm honored. I'm honored. That's awesome. Yeah, we um this has been a gift to us as well. These conversations are a gift to us, particularly since March. And um we're just thankful to have awesome people like y'all sit down and share your stories. Keep doing so, it, ladies. Mm-hmm. We need you. Yeah, yeah. We will for sure. And y'all keep putting out the kindness, please. We'll yeah. do. We'll do. <laughs> Build them up. Right. Be well, ladies. Okay, Thank, you. Well. Thank, Thank you. You as well. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Mama's Talking Loud. Special shout outs to Rachel Spencer Hewitt for our fabulous graphic, Kristen Anderson Lopez, Bobby Lopez, and Justin Ward Weber for our awesome theme song, our producers Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, and of course, the Broadway Podcast Network for bringing us to you. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.